0: The time now 25 minutes to nine on Radio Veritas, and it's a very good morning to far away Rome, Father Chris Cloesy, Good morning, Chris. Hello, Emma. How are you? I'm very well. What's the time in Rome now?
1: Exactly the same as South Africa.
0: There we go. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> but it's so lovely yes. talking to you again. Lovely. Are you enjoying Rome?
1: I'm working quite hard and doing a lot of teaching and we're all trapped inside because we're having terrible rainstorms at the moment but otherwise life is well here okay
0: very good chris we thought let's talk a little bit today um you are the professor of a professor of the pontifical institute for arabic and islamic studies and uh, how how long have you been uh, lecturing there now
1: well this last spent two years i on and off nine years at the same institute altogether but i've been here now simply lecturing for two
0: years. Good Lord, I can't believe it's so long. And it's going to go on and on. I thought you were going to be there for six months. <laughs> That's what I thought too. <laughs> well, they must, <laughs> they must like you there, Chris.
1: Well, I, I, it all seems to be going well, so we'll see what happens. All right. Chris, today
0: is the anniversary of 9-11, the World Trade Center in yes. New York. And yes. uh, how have these events, or the events of that day, changed the world? I mean, it's, it's affected traveling, for example. And ISIS yeah. has been born. What's the result of all this? And there's Iraq and there's the relationship between Christians and Muslims and so on. Has this been tarnished? Tell us, fill us in a little bit on, on, on this situation.
1: Well, I think there have been a number of changes. I think, first of all, that the 9-11 event was one of those events which people will never forget. It changed people's lives dramatically, even on an emotional level people remember where they were when it happened. They remember hearing the news and being shocked by it. So it was, a, it was, in terms of world events, it was massive. But we've seen the results on a number of levels. Firstly, just on a social level. So, for example, everybody traveling today understands the, the horrors of getting to airport security. Yes. Um, that's all a result of 9-11. And so that event, so many years ago, 15 years ago now, had, Compacts upon our ordinary everyday routine in terms of security around airports, more and more security around other areas of travel and around other buildings. Mm. Um, But it's also changed the public discourse because Islam suddenly became known. Before 9-11, Islam was just another religion, but um, unknown to many people in the West. Now Islam is the major source of conversation in the press and even amongst ordinary people. Yeah, no, Islam is being questioned, it's being studied, it's being investigated, and people are asking, is this a violent religion? Is it a threat to our society? Do we need to do something about it or not? Mm. Now, that's happened since 9-11. So mm. it's, it's changed not just the security of our social lives, but it's changed also the, 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 the sort of public narrative mm. that's going on. Mm. I, I also think that it's made... Dialogue between Christians and Muslims much more difficult, right? Because there is a certain scepticism now, a certain public distaste uh, that has arisen uh, for for attempting to make dialogue between Christians and Muslims. So the work that we try to do here, or that we we try to promote, has become a great deal more difficult than it was in the past.
0: Okay, but I mean, and
1: and yeah,
0: no, I was I was just going to ask you when one talks about Islam or Islamist and ISIS and so on, one associates all of a sudden terrorism with with that. Is that that right?
1: The thing is that that, I've always insisted that religion is not violent. People are violent. People do do violence or make violence in the name of religion. But if you were to remove religion, then they would find another cause or another excuse, like politics. with which to make violence. So it's not a religion itself that is violent. It's people who choose deliberately to act out violently or not. And in fact, Islam, you know, Islam has never claimed to be peaceful in the sense that, like Christianity, it does create the possibility that in the last resort one could use violence in in a just way. Islam has taught that as has Christianity for centuries. And so... When you're talking about these two religions, neither of them are pacifist religions. Mm. They are peaceful, but peaceful and pacifist are not the same thing. Mm. And the trouble is that, that 9-11 has given people the idea that you can use violence to get what you want. Mm. This is a huge problem but you know, every time there's a terrorist attack, people keep saying we will not be intimidated. The truth is we are intimidated. Mm. We have to change our whole lifestyle. To cope with the possibility of violence Mm. so people have realized that if you can't get what you want you can always use violence and that is a major disaster Mm. for for the outlook of world peace and and world harmony Mm. and of course you know 9-11 spurned a number of of really nasty wars and conflicts and they themselves have helped to sperm a number of really violent groups who use religion to justify what they want to get. But but as I say, if you remove religion, they'll find some other way of justifying their violence. Brother well, Chris, when when
0: uh, listeners of Radio Veritas hear that you are lecturing on Islam in Rome, <laughs> they'll say, goodness gracious, is that the case? Do they teach Islam in Rome? Uh, how, yes. how, how difficult, I mean, is it... Uh, what, what's the word I'm trying to find now? Um... Who, do you do, who comes to these courses and, and, and how effective are the studies that you are doing? Does it make an impact on the, on the, on the church and so on?
1: Well, this, this institute was started by a group of missionaries called the White Fathers. They're now called the Missionaries of Africa. This mm-hmm. was their initiative a, a good number of years ago in North Africa. And it was to form their own missionaries in an academic and spiritual way so that they could live in Islamic countries and understand the situation in which they were living. And although the Institute has subsequently moved to Rome, and we still have white fathers on the staff or missionaries of Africa, that remains our initiative. Our initiative is that we want to give people a profoundly academic or intellectual and spiritual formation in the religion of someone else. Right. so that Those people can live amongst other religious people, but in a more intense way, because Mm they are understanding at an academic and an intellectual level, not just the level of popular media or press, not just the level of what I've heard about Islam or what I've heard about Christianity, but at a, a level of real intellectual formation. So the people who come here are missionaries who are going into Islamic countries, or people who are going to do business even in Islamic countries, or people who want to learn Arabic. For, for various reasons. So we have a, a great mix of, of students and, here, uh, and we always insist that we, we don't train people to convert Muslims and we don't train people to enter into arguments. That's not our job. Okay. Our job is to train people to live with an intellectual and spiritual formation.
0: Tell me, Father Chris, um, do you have Muslims coming into lecture sometimes?
1: No. no. Um, we have Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, we do, often. We have guest lectures from various parts of the Islamic world, both Shia and Sunni lectures, um, but we don't have Muslim students because the trouble that that has created for us in the past is that we are quite rigorous in our academics in the sense that we take Islamic texts as we do in Christianity, and we, we really pull them apart to examine them more deeply. And for many Muslims, that's quite an offensive way of treating what they regard as their divine revelation, divine revelation. So, so generally speaking, we, we don't encourage Muslims among the students, because they would find it quite uncomfortable that we, they're quite rigorous, and we, we don't practice any form of, of political correctness. I well, that, that t- 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 many Muslim lectures, Yeah.
0: Right. Tell right. me, Father Chris, when Muslims hear that you're studying Islam, don't they say, Are you were studying Islam? You're a Catholic priest? Do you want to become a Muslim?
1: Do you get yeah, that? they do sometimes. <laughs> they, they, um, well, they, I had many Muslim friends who couldn't understand why I didn't just convert. <laughs> and uh, it was very hard to explain to them that I had no interest in converting. I, I have lots of Muslim friends now in various countries, all of whom come to understand that I am you know, profoundly involved in my own Christian faith and my own Catholic faith and priesthood, that I have no interest in converting, but that my interest in Islam is an academic interest. Right. And, and, you know, any more than, than you know, I, I, when somebody who, who might study some other subject uh, doesn't necessarily want to make that subject the center of their life, it's an academic interest. Right. But still, I, I meet Muslims who... Who can't understand how it is possible to have read the Quran and not converted? Well, as we've discovered in this college, it's quite possible.
0: (laughs) And are you called upon to write articles in Catholic or Catholic uh, periodicals about Islam?
1: We we try to publish a great deal here as, as. Lectures. One of the things that one has to do as a, a professor in Rome or a lecturer in Rome is one has to try to publish. So we we have our own journals, college journals, which are in Italian and English and Arabic and French. And I, I do occasionally write for for the Trefoil, for example. I've written a number of articles in right. South Africa right. and for a number of other journals. But I have quite a heavy teaching load now, also at a number of other colleges in Rome. So the, the luxury of preparing and writing an article has to wait for. For moments when there's
0: nothing happening, like the summer. Wow! Well, are there something some interesting aspects of Islam that that Catholics might find interesting or helpful to know about? Uh, why I'm asking that question is because recently I saw something uh, on on Facebook. I think it was some Islam, Islam um, Muslim person speaking about. He knew the Catholic, he knew the the, the Christian Bible very well. He knew the uh, the Quran very well and um and he was saying that uh, you, you know you you Christians you talk about Mary, but in 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 your Bible you don't have any chapter on Mary at all. We have a whole chapter in our Bible about Mary. Yeah. are, are there some interesting yeah. things like that
1: oh there are lots. I mean the point is that when it comes to, to dialogue between Christianity and Islam, as with Christianity and Judaism, there are huge areas of convergence um, and and certainly the the figure of we call Mary and Islam calls Maryam is, is an interesting area. I'm very weary of the area because the, the Mary of the Quran is not the same Mary who we speak of, Mother of God. She's the mother of a prophet called, called Isa or Jesus. And so, although uh, there is an area of convergence, I'm very weary of allowing the two figures to overlap completely, because, you know, the Jesus of the Quran is not the Jesus of the Gospel. Oh. It's a different person with a, a, a different message. And although it's an area for wonderful dialogue and, and closeness, we, we have to watch the boundaries very carefully, I think, very carefully, I think, because otherwise the two figures overlap and become one, and they're not actually one. So there is indeed a chapter in the Quran named the chapter of Mary. It is indeed about Mary, the mother of Jesus, but... The Mary of the Quran is a very different figure from the Mary of of the Catholic faith or of the Christian faith. And so uh, one one has to just be a little careful. Mm.
0: Do you find it interesting dialoguing with Muslims?
1: I do. It's a difficult task, dialogue, religious dialogue, because it's like political dialogue. Everybody believes in what they believe, and they find it hard to imagine that other people disagree or have a, a different point of view, mm. but we have a great deal of dialogue going on um, in, in, in this college alone. We have groups that we meet with coming from Iran, for example, mm. groups coming from various parts of Islamic North Africa. And, and most of our dialogue is an academic dialogue. In other words, it's, it's not the more important dialogue, which is ordinary next-door neighbors living next to each other in harmony. That's a much more important dialogue, much more profound dialogue as well. Mm. Um, but our dialogue is an academic dialogue where scholars come together and debate areas of interest in the hope that we can promote amongst people that more important dialogue, the dialogue of life, people living together in peace and mutual respect. Mm.
0: Tell me, Father Chris, do you, are you ever called upon by by the by the, the vatican by the holy father for any advice about islam at all
1: no we're not we wish we were we used to be um, in the time of john paul um john paul used to call upon some of the professors here when i was still a student um to to ghost read or ghost write some of his speeches in Islamic countries. So, for example, John Paul was invited um, by the Moroccan youth, the Muslim Moroccan youth, to come to Morocco and speak to them yeah. about morality. Um, and he did, and he spoke to a whole stadium of Muslim youth in Morocco, and it was a huge success. But he used some of the professors here to, to, to read what he was saying and to, to check that it was all right. Um, there's less of that now, but I would imagine that the the Vatican has its, its experts that it uses, um, and so you know, we, 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 we're glad they don't call upon us too much because it is quite time-consuming.
0: Right. Father Chris, just as a, as a matter of interest, about how many students are there at your school?
1: Well, we're about to open a new academic year and we have 14 coming into the first year. We have about 14 in the second year and about 8 or 10 in the final year. These are all students doing their master's degrees in Arabic Islamic studies. And then probably about 8 or 10 uh, around the place who are doing their doctorates but they they come in far less they do most of their work outside of the college so it's a relatively small group of, of students then it, it, it's a small group because it's quite an intensive course we it, we expect that they are able to speak arabic to learn arabic and and for many people that's a huge investment of time as with those for example at the biblicum doing biblical studies where they have to invest time in greek and hebrew and other languages. So many students just want to do Islam without the Arabic, and we don't. We don't allow that. We insist on Arabic as part of the course.
0: Okay, there you go. All right, Chris. Well, listen, it's interesting talking about all this on 9/11. Anything else you'd like to share with us about uh, um, Islam well, and about what you're doing?
1: Just that. Just that. Again, uh, I, I am convinced that that people are good, and that even though there are some who commit horrendous acts of violence in the name of politics, in the name of religion, in the name of their own personal ideologies, that the majority of people practicing Christianity, practicing Islam, practicing Judaism, are good people and peaceful people. And I constantly put my hope in that, that I have met far more good, peaceful members of other religions than I have violent members of other religions. Right,
0: yes. Well, that's a very good point to make, and a wonderful uh, note on which to end our little interview. But thank you so much, Father Chris. And... Thank lots. you to you, Father Emil, and greetings to everyone in South Africa. Thank you, and lots of strength to the work you're doing. And enjoy Rome. <laughs> I am enjoying Rome. <laughs> Great stuff. Thank, thank you very okay, much, Father okay. Chris. Okay. Bye-bye now. That's Father Chris Cloessy, who's in Rome. He's a professor at the Pontifical Institute for Arabic and Islamic Studies. He's a diocesan priest from Cape Town, And he's been lecturing there now for the last two years. Interesting having a good South African student, a good South African priest like this, lecturing at an international, and indeed at a pontifical institute for Arabic and um, Islamic studies. Father Chris Cloesey.